0: Hi, it's Elisa Hutnick, and welcome to Kelly Dry's Ad Law Access podcast. So, today we are going to be talking about my favorite topic, the CCPA again, but with a slightly different angle because today we have our guest star speaker, uh, Mr. Matt Dumiak from Compliance Point. Hi, Matt. Hi, everyone. So I have worked with Compliance Point and Matt over the years, particularly where legal and compliance teams up. And so we've done that on a variety of different topics, your TCPA and now your CCPA. And I thought for listeners, it would be helpful to hear really from in the trenches on the operational side of things, what you guys are seeing on CCPA.
1: Yeah, absolutely, Elisa. And I think it's a combination of things. Some of our clients are still preparing for CCPA. Others are ready and beginning to audit for it to make sure that their program is meeting the requirements and others are uh, continuing to monitor the regulation but then implementing a formal audit program to ensure that it's operating as they thought it would be.
0: So I heard the, um, the metaphoric gasp by so many of um, our clients on auditing when so much effort, right, was to get these programs into place, but you're so right. You know, you've put the work in to actually have an operational program for CCPA compliance. How do you show it's working? So for an audit program, what are you thinking? How how does one structure that to test their CCPA compliance?
1: Yeah, and you bring up a good point there. This is typically a cross-functional exercise that involves a lot of individuals from the organization. Not only a time investment, but also a financial investment to make sure that the program is in place. And so... You've spent all this time and money uh, to ensure that you have the, uh, the compliance necessary to meet the CCPA. You want to make sure that it's operating as you think it will be. Um, so you want to audit those things. And, you know, there are a few, a few higher risk or key areas that we would recommend having an audit program around. Um, obviously, this is not all inclusive. It depends on the uh, organization's area of um, well, really their appetite for risk their risk within the market. So for example, if they're very consumer facing, they have a lot of consumer data, uh, they might be a higher risk, area or a higher risk client that it more needs or requires a more robust um, audit program. And so really it varies by client about how, how deep you wanna go with the audit program, but there are some key areas that we'd recommend auditing. Um, first and foremost, uh, and one of the key questions we get a lot are the privacy requests under CCPA. Uh, that takes a lot of work to make sure that you can honor an access request, or a right to know, or right to be deleted. Um, standing up that program, a lot of times standing up technical solutions, it's really important to audit those requests within your organization to ensure that they're being routed to the appropriate people, that those individuals know how to handle those requests, that they're actually being honored when they're supposed to be honored, and declined when they're supposed to be declined. I think that's very important. Um, Next would be, and again, we'll kind of run through these linearly, but uh, it doesn't need to be from a risk-based approach, but the cookie inventory. I think ad tech is getting a lot of attention under CCPA. Uh, When I say cookie inventory, I mean, what cookies does the organization have or present are on their website? What are they doing with them? Are the cookies on the website what they believe they have? Are there other areas within the business or departments within the business that can add cookies to the website? Um, we'd recommend that kind of backing up a little bit that you have a cookie approval process where there's a centralized approach towards um, putting cookies on the website everyone's aware of them everyone's aware of the expiration periods and why they're on the website but then also auditing that on an ongoing basis Uh, i can't tell you how many times we work with clients that We believe we have all the cookies they are on the website they've approved them we come back three months later for an audit and uh, additional cookies are on the site and they have no idea how they got there right so making sure that that centralized approval process is in place and making sure that it's operating effectively for them you know that's a hot area under ccpa
0: oh yeah and i'm going to put a little footnote there yes um on the auditing just even with who, is, who are the cookie providers, how that's evolved just on a week-by-week week basis now, right? So yes, if you have absolutely. done that audit and you classified them, let's just say, as a third party maybe two weeks ago, and yet that entity might have come out with a more with a stronger statement on a service provider classification and how they can support that. So that's one to, to revisit periodically.
1: Yes, that's a very good point. And you're right. They are evolving every week. You can write your own. You can put them on the website. They do evolve very quickly, so determining what they are there for. Um, I think the next areas, and this is more of a a technical side or a technical view of it, with breach being the area for private right of action under CCPA and ensuring that the organization has appropriate technical and security controls and also the ability to uh, cure if they are notified of a potential breach. Really ensuring that, you know, first and foremost, make sure that if you're doing ongoing vulnerability scans, which you should be, that you're actually patching on the cadence that's required, but also overall, and I won't get into the weeds, we can spend many, many podcasts talking about auditing a security program, but ensuring that you do have not just the privacy-centric view of it, but also make sure that you're auditing your security side because you can't really have privacy without security.
0: Do you do for that? See whether the company's doing tabletops, kind of mock breaches. What do you just as a highlight, or maybe a couple examples? What do you guys look for for that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Tabletops is a great example. That's also something that um, regulators, kind of across the world, have commented that that's a good exercise. They want to see organizations doing tabletops as far as how they respond to an incident, an incident, if you will. Um, I think it's also looking at, and we talked about it a little bit, what are their patches. Do they have a vulnerability and management or vulnerability and penetration scanning program? Do they have logging? Do they monitor those logs? Um, You know, you can really run through, do they have um, access controls around data? So really role-based access controls, if you will. Those are extremely important for demonstrating that. And then also if they have a data loss prevention tool, some other things like that.
0: Got it. And I would just say from that legal point of view, thinking about that cure, Uh, what kind of cure statement would you be comfortable saying and that really goes as part of an overall incident response policy i'm thinking of reactive type of statements you would have for the media right if your Mm -hmm. name was uh, in the news for for a breach
1: yeah absolutely
0: so on ccpa audits anything else that you guys would highlight that you would look for
1: well I i think a couple other things would be training in the regulation you have to do that on an annual basis i think that's really as well Really important to understand that the training is actually working and that it's actually occurring because a lot of these requirements will uh, rely upon the individuals within your organization understanding their responsibilities under this regulation. So audit that you're maintaining records of the training, maintain version control of the training, um, keep up to date with the ongoing regulatory changes from the AG. A lot of these timeframes within this regulation have changed. Some other things have. Um, Training is one of the first things often that organizations push out. And so that has evolved. So make sure that your training is accurate and up-to-date and actually training on what you think it's training on. And then another thing I think is the privacy policy. That is the easiest way for a consumer or a professional plaintiff to determine if you're in line with CCPA or any of your other privacy obligations. It doesn't have to just be CCPA, but they can go to the website. They can read about your uh, data processing activities. Are they in line with these other regulations, specifically CCPA? They have a lot of disclosure requirements. Not only that, um, auditing to make sure that it's continuing to reflect accurately what your data processing activities are. And I think that's extremely important because that's where consumers can go and check very easily whether or not that's accurate.
0: Right, no, those are good points. And I think particularly in the training, you know, version one of the training, I think for so many companies was just educating the workforce on what this new law is and some of the kind of key highlights. But now the training, it really has to be about your actual policies and procedures relevant to roles and responsibilities. And that, uh, you know, it'd be interesting to see how that really gets pushed out given the changing, we're waiting for the final regulations and and the changes that are going to come from that.
1: Yeah, that's a great point.
0: So thanks so much. Maybe we might close with a, a couple of, are there questions that you are getting from your clients that just come up all the time?
1: Yeah. So uh, that's a good question. And so I'll, I'll, I'll go through three of them. So what we receive on every, from all of our clients are, are we selling data? Oh yeah. And I think, you know, (laughs) given the broad definition, third party versus service provider, um, that's going to come up. That's natural. Also, what does cure mean under CCPA? So how do we cure uh, an allegation of a breach? And then um, do we need to delete all of the data within our possession if we receive a right to be deleted request right that's one that a lot of organizations they're not um, extremely familiar with the exceptions under ccpa so they think when they get an x or a deletion request or a right to be forgotten they need to go delete all the data within their possession that's very scary both from a business perspective a legal perspective and from an i.t perspective um, so working with them to identify what are the exceptions, what are we not going to delete, and then getting down to, okay, well, how are we actually going to delete this information if we are legally obligated to do so.
0: Excellent. Well, we get a lot of those same questions too, <laughs> yeah, I'm so sure. not too surprising. Well, thank you for listening to us. You can find more about... CCPA and some of our many other topics that we cover at our Advertising and Privacy Resource Center at kellydry.com, or you can visit our blog at adlawaccess.com. And if you've got suggestions for other topics, CCPA or otherwise, that you would like us to cover in a future podcast, please feel free to send us an email to marketing at kellydry.com. So thanks so much, Matt.
1: Thank you.